0: Russia, Iran, EU, Gazprom, and Uranium One. So let's listen to what Secretary Pompeo said yesterday, okay? And remind us what's going on. Oh, wait. Did I say Turkey? Turkey's also a keyword.
1: Turkish Foreign Minister Shabashulu today. I welcome the Positive Momentum in our relationship following the release of Pastor Brunson, and urged reopening additional channels to address issues of mutual concern. We are still greatly concerned about Turkey's continued unjust detention of U.S. locally employed staff and citizens, including NASA scientist Serkan Gulge. We also discussed the Khashoggi case and the need to work together to de-escalate conflict in Syria, support the reinvigoration of the U.N.-led peace process, and achieve a peaceful, lasting solution to the Syrian conflict. With that, I'm happy to take a few questions.
0: Okay, we don't care what they're going to ask because we know what they're going to ask. They're going to ask him to elaborate and uh, kind of make accusatory statements. So his statement was pretty clear. He met with the Turkish Prime Minister, uh, foreign minister. He met with them. He spoke to them. He gave us a recap. Important thing that people need to know. So yesterday on my show, I discussed oil and gas. I discussed how Turkey is the hub for oil distribution between Central Asia or slash Middle East, whatever you want to call it, and the European Union. I also made mention that this hub... Because remember, Turkey is only acting as the distributor, right? Because all the pipelines go through Turkey. This hub, again, only fueled by Iran and Russia. So, yesterday evening, it was announced that Turk Stream has been completed. Wow. TurkStream. That's one of the many pipelines. And I will upload that article about an hour after my show. So you can actually see a picture showing you and depicting these pipeline, oil and gas pipeline networks. Just so you can understand the gravity of this. It looks like a spider and Turkey's the head and all these pipelines are the legs. Now, Donald Trump tweeted out oil price prices are getting lower. Great. Like a big tax cut for America and the world. Enjoy. Fifty four dollars was just eighty two dollars. Thank you, Saudi Arabia. But let's go lower. Wow, that triggered people this morning like nobody's business. His presser yesterday literally triggered rhinos and Democrats alike. Senator Corker had the audacity to tweet out the White House announcement in regards to our relations and standing to have solid economic relations and trade relations with Saudi Arabia. He said, I never thought I'd see the day the White House would moonlight as a public relations firm for the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. We can see these rhinos coming out slowly. Remember how I said I don't trust Trey, G- Trey Gowdy? There you go. The minute I hear a Republican saying that Trey Gowdy is a good AG, that Republican is a Democrat. That Republican is part of the deep state Someone who is not part of the deep state would never say that Trey Gowdy would make a good AG because he's sitting there comparing the fact that Hillary Clinton had her own private server in a basement bathroom where a dude that had no clearance monitored and maintained for her a private server, comparing that to Ivanka Trump, who hadn't had her email set up and was using Gmail on government equipment, which means everything was captured and filed. Nothing like what Hillary Clinton did. She never deleted anything. She never, you know, emailed anything of classified or above nature, yet He made that comparison. I mean, come on, guys, wake up. These snakes are running in our party, too. And when I say our party, I'm talking about Donald Trump's party. Because if he would have ran with a yellow party, if he would have ran with a pink, purple, polka dot, whatever party he wanted to, I'd be right there with him. So we need to understand this thing with Saudi Arabia is clearly an organized effort by the mainstream media demanding and attempting to dictate our foreign policy. Like they're so desperate. They have so much nothing on President Trump that they're trying to use. Remember this, a Saudi citizen who went missing, right, to tell our president to stop dealing with Saudi Arabia. First of all, not an American citizen. Second of all, it's none of our business. And third, would you have known Khashoggi was gone if Turkey didn't make that much noise? I mean, I guessed right for a lot of people, and I'm an American citizen, right? Let's pretend that I went to Uzbekistan, and for some reason I entered an embassy and didn't come out. Do you think that the Uzbeki government would be demanding my president for an investigation, even if I was an American citizen? No, they would not. So how is it that Khashoggi, a Saudi citizen, who, mind you, according to Saudi records, exited the embassy, But according to Turkish records, which they don't have because their CCTV didn't work at that part of the embassy outside, know that he didn't come out. Open your eyes. This is like a concerted effort. And I'll explain to you why. Because this, you know, removing President Trump was never about Russia It was never about being a global partner, uh, you know, and and a nation that stands for X, Y, Z. It was always about power. And when I say power, I don't mean power over someone because, you know, that comes with it. But I'm talking about energy. It's energy. It was always about energy. Energy, we are in an era where we are so energy dependent that a nation that has a nuclear bomb is less of a threat than the nation that can turn on and off our supply to oil and gas. Imagine if our nation had no oil or gas resources, and we could only get that from Canada. Just imagine that. Do you think that we would be best friends with Canada? Would we criticize them if they shot their own people, killed their own? No. Nope. Because if we publicly denounce them, they could just flip a switch and we don't have any more cars, power, banks, electricity, heating, healthcare, everything will collapse. So with that in mind, I want you again to understand that yesterday, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Trump gave press conferences that gave the American people that actually listen. Or I would say if we actually had real journalists, they would tell you exactly what's going on. They would tell you that they were so transparent to show you their positions with the EU, Turkey, and Saudi Arabia. Now, it's widely known by everyone that the European Union, and you know we know this from Germany, is dependent on Russia for their energy needs. In fact, it is reported that over 70% of their energy, oil and gas, okay, comes from Russia. Now, in the United States, the way we transfer oil is by trains and pipelines. It's the same thing all over the world. But see, all over the world means Central Asia and Europe, right? Because those are the only ones that have real pipelines, And again, like I said, Turkey is actually the hub. Like if, you know how, um, if you're a nerd like me, you've looked on, you know, a Google picture where you're looking at CERN, right? To see just how big it is, right? If any of you are able to just Google, you know, uh, Turkey oil and gas pipelines and go to images, there should be an image that shows you, you know, Turkey, with all these red and blue lines inside of it, and then it's like extending out to, uh, you know, like Kyrgyzstan, Russia, and Iran, you know, through Ukraine, um, going up through uh, Bulgaria, Romania, Moldova, etc., you know. And you'll see that the majority of this is actually landing in Russia, most of them. You'll also see that there was a pipeline plan to come in from Iraq, but, you know, that didn't really happen yet because uh, we all know how that went down. And I'll give you a little recap of what went down there so you understand it better. A lot of people don't know. OK, they don't know that Turkey as a country um, ha- was ousted by the Arab nations. They are they're called Ottomans. So they have always trying to find how to fit in with the rest of the world. It's like that kid that nobody wants to play with. And so they're in between Europe and the Middle East. And the Arabs don't like them because they're Ottomans. And they've actually been classified as radical Muslims by their own people. Fanatics is the exact word that, that is being used you know, from the Arab nations to describe Turks because sometimes they get on this you know whole you know jihad horse and then they get off, you know they're kind of wishy-washy because like I said, they're like that person that you know changes their hairstyle every five minutes. Uh, one day they dress Goth, the other day they're like ravers. You know they don't know where they fit in. And they've been trying to fit in. But they've been kind of forced, but voluntarily forced, into the position where they're literally the middleman for energy for the EU. Because in order for the EU to receive any oil or gas from Russia or Iran, they must use pipelines that run through Turkey. So Turkey is, like in my example of Canada, the person that has the on and off switch. Okay, the EU buying oil and gas from them is their bread and butter. So one thing people don't know is the TANAP, which is like the trans Andriatic pipeline uh, that the EU um, kind of funded... But it wasn't just the EU, and we'll get into that. Uh, it was a pipeline that kind of came from Turkey all across the Med to kind of like feed oil. directly. It was to help distribute oil and gas to other European nations more cost-efficiently in the long run, because obviously it costs a lot of money to build. But, you know, to give Greece and Italy oil and gas easier, this was built. So... What we need to know is that the election of President Trump was not a threat to people in general. Like It was not a thing of xenophobia or racism. No, it was a thing of energy. He stepped in and said, nope, it's not happening under my watch. I am not funding this. I am not into this. And here's where the global energy plan began. So from the year 2000, the U S had funded both visibly and covertly or supported loans from, you know, the world bank to fund this specific pipeline. Okay. They literally backed it. That was phase one. But did you know that during the Clinton administration, this is like ground zero when it started? In 1996, the first agreement was drafted for an oil and gas pipeline between Turkey and Iran. Now that pipeline was to extend out to receive oil and gas from Iraq, Kuwait, Libya, Syria. So that was going to be the Middle Eastern network. Again, Turkey and Iran. The first deal ever. Clinton administration applauded it. It was awesome. But do you guys remember what happened in the Middle East since then? Since early 1995? I don't need to tell you. I just told you the countries involved, Kuwait and Iraq. That's all you need to know, because what you need to see is that that is when tensions started to rise between the United States and Saudi Arabia. Because Saudi Arabia is one of the richest countries on the face of this planet. They don't need anything from anyone. They don't care about any. They don't have to care. They have golden toilets, solid gold toilets. They could buy you and sell you, not you, but the whole European Union 50 times and not even feel a dent in their wallet. Because they have over 70% of, of oil and gas of the planet. So this is where it escalated. Because Saudi Arabia said, no, wait a minute. That's my market. What are you doing I help negotiate the prices. These are Arab nations. We negotiate the prices. We'd never counter, you know, we'd never cause damage to the global economy. We need the global economy to exist. We would never raise the prices of oil and gas. It's not in our interest. So the excuse was. We are creating these networks because they might decide that they want to price gas at $150 a barrel. And when we get to the point in technology where we're solely dependent on them, like we are now, almost 25 years later, they may jump it up. So the idea was let's create our own network. You know, it doesn't sound so bad when you say it, right? But it does sound bad when you see what comes after. So like I said, we have to remember that that is the time when it all started. This energy war, this war of who is going to have access to oil and gas. The time where we decided in the United States to thwart our production of oil and gas. We did that. To ourselves, not you and me, but the people that ran our country. That's what happened. And now I hope that can sit with you for the next couple minutes while I put my ads on. And I'll see you shortly and show you how this progresses to where we are today. And you, like I, will be thankful that President Trump is your president. I'll see you guys in a few minutes
1: to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about Sanctuary Cities. cities You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, Hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now 855-700-2978 855-700-2978
2: 855-700-2978
1: that's 855-700-2978 guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam sounds great right even better your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance.
0: That was a short break, and now we're going to delve right back into where I was, okay? So now I've left you understanding a little bit about the energy dynamics overseas. But now here is where you're going to get the better picture of what's going on. And now you're going to understand why Mueller is focused on General Flynn, George Papadopoulos, Carter Page, Cause here is where key words are going to start making sense. So, the Trump administration and, and and President Trump before he was elected and after kept telling us that this Russian narrative. Remember that pre- former President Obama actually peddled, right? He peddled it. He laid the foundation of it. Once Hillary Clinton lost the election, kept saying, Russia, cut it out. You need to stop meddling. Remember? Okay. Witch hunt. Because again, how is it that Russia is meddling when Russia is the one that has the ball in their court? And I'll explain why. So the Trump administration has said that this is a witch hunt and it aligns very very well with what the Obama administration did a few months that led up to the election in 2016. So the minute President Trump received the nomination, we see that President, former President Obama and former First Lady, in air quotes, Michelle Obama, had frequent visits with one very specific global entity. And that entity is called the World Bank. So aside from the fact... That we've already established, and it's only a matter of time until the FISA warrant applications, applications, and then the warrant itself. The warrant itself just says the scope of the invest. You know why they want the FISA tap. The application gives you the backstory for the warrant. Okay, because in a warrant it says we want to go in and open up the underwear drawer. Very specific. It has to be specific. The application gives you the background as to why they went after Carter Page, and this is going to all make sense in just a few seconds. So again, the Obama administration, remember, in early 2016, sent a plane of cash to Iran. A plane of it. Untraceable cash. People would say, If they believe what Obama said, oh, we were just paying something that we were told to pay, which could be the case because it kind of makes sense. But here's where it kicks in. Like I told you before on another show, and I've written about it, Clapper and Lynch had been covertly, without warrants, no FISA, nothing, collecting information on President Trump and his administration. Basically, the rules are that the NSA can capture all upstream data, all of it, but they must dispose of it within 72 hours without a warrant. I keep saying this, but they didn't. They got caught. So that's one aspect that you need to keep in mind. Second, this visa application. And third, World Bank meetings. Because this pipeline... The TANAP project, the one that I just talked about that takes oil from the hub in Turkey that is fed oil and gas from Russia and Iran, fuels Southern Europe, right? So they needed money. And after many visits with the World Bank that, you know, if you use DuckDuckGo, you'll find the articles of there's Michelle Obama meeting with the World Bank again. There's uh, Obama meeting with the World Bank again. Well, guess what? Here's the exit strategies the Obama administration did. Aside from uh, revamping executive orders, feverishly getting renewals for visa, visa warrants, the World Bank approved a loan or fund on December 20th, 2016 to fund this pipeline, the pipeline that gets gas and oil from Iran to distribute it to the EU. Is this starting to make sense now? You need to understand that Europe is very dependent on Turkey. Turkey is in a, you would say, a a really good position, but they're really not. They're not because they don't have an identity. And, you know, they were when they decided, you know, when they saw that um, during the elections that um, probably Trump is going to win. They wanted to pull out of the deal they had with the EU. And what did we see? A failed coup d'etat that happened under the Obama administration. This was Europe telling them how quickly they can take their country. People don't seem to be paying attention. TANAP began earlier in this year starting to actually provide gas They've, um, provide, oh, so it's the tap, uh, the trans Adriatic pipeline, um, which, uh, is in motion. We have Gazprom, um, the Gazprom funded one Turk stream that just went live. It is literally Turkey is literally indispensable for Europe right now. They are so dependent on Turkey. And TurkStream, which runs under the Black Sea, straight to Russia, was fully funded by uh, Gazprom. But guess where Gazprom got most of its money? Does Uranium One say anything to any of you? Who else was involved working at some point or consulting or having any interactions with Gazprom or Turkey? Kind of seems that every single person Mueller has gone after understands the energy dynamics on a global scale understands what the plan is and what you need to do at that point when you don't want a long-standing plan to go, you know, as a lost cause. Because these people have invested trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars to move the energy market away from Saudi Arabia and take full control. What do you do? You take them. You mark them and you determine if they have enough information and how much they know. General Flynn was the expert of Turkey. This is why he was perfect for President Trump. Kind of just like how Daniel Best, who is now the late Daniel Best, was the perfect candidate for the Human and Health Services Division to help and decrease medications. You know, he died two weeks after President Trump signed that piece of legislation demanding that pharmaceuticals are lowered in price. This man was an expert in knowing how they manipulate prices because he worked. For a leading pharmaceutical company and for the company that almost has a monopoly on our over 65 population on how they get their medication and how much they pay for it. So again, now this is going to start to make even more sense because now we have the uranium one that Hillary Clinton did earlier on, which helped to guarantee Russia's allegiance, Russia's compliance with the plan. The Turkish presidency yesterday said President Er Erdogan said the Turk stream is a project of historic proportions for our bilateral relations, and for the energy geopolitics in our region on which we have exerted great efforts with our Russian friends. Now, it further states, we'll transport 31.5 billion cubic meter natural gas annually. And that has many advantages not only for his country but uh, and nation, but for his neighbors. And we plan to transfer at least half of the natural gas transported through here to Europe. Because where else are they going to... Are they really going to transfer it back to Iran, who has their own? Or back to Russia, who has their own? Because if you can look at the pipelines, you'll see who gets the natural gas. So evidently, Turkey is indispensable to the European Union. Europe is dependent on Turkey. And again, the first ever of this network, this hub of pipelines was built in 1996 with an ironclad purchasing agreement that Turkey will be buying oil and gas from Iran. Are you now understanding why the European Union is dragging their feet and will not sanction Iran in full? Do you understand why now Mike Pompeo yesterday said they need to go forward on sanctions with Iran? Do you know why they can't do that? Because if they shut off the switches and do not supply oil and gas from Iran, President putin has the ball fully in his court and now instead of selling them i don't know a dollar a gallon i'm just saying numbers whatever he can say well i want 3 so now turkey can't charge you know the eu a dollar 50 it's got to charge them 4 to make a profit So, again, tell me why Russia would want President Trump in short term, right, short term, because long term, Russia is not stupid enough to see that at some point, the minute they centralize energy and have full control and have ousted the Arabian peninsulas, the Arabian bloc, the Saudi Arabians are starved because they have no one to sell oil and gas to and are depleted, They have suddenly have a huge organized method of taking down anyone that's left out of the group. So think of it this way. If a country like Angola decides, I'm still going to get oil from Saudi Arabia, then people will no longer buy, I don't know, diamonds from them because they do have diamonds. Or they'll stop uh, trading food with them that they have now to flush them out and say, you either join us or we'll just starve you out. This is how it works. This is how politics work. And, you know, a lot of people don't seem to understand that this is what President Trump is trying to avoid. He is trying to avoid this. Yes, Saudi Arabia has never been a friend to the United States. And yes, the Obama administration, Clinton administration, Bush administration have been very lenient on Saudi Arabia because they had no other option. You can't just click your fingers and build pipelines, they had to wait. Until Greece entered the European Union, they had to wait until the European Union owned them. They had to wait until Italy was so down that they owned them. This is how they operate. It takes time, but they get their way because they've organized it. So I want people to think again. And listen to the simple words. And that's the thing. Because energy dynamics or the geopolitics of energy are very complicated. And when people talk and say, oh, this and Saudi Arabia did that, they need to understand that right now, the friends and the only people for for fighting for independency of countries to maintain sovereignty are you can count them on one hand it 's the United states it 's Saudi Arabia it 's israel it 's China, and the Korean Peninsula, of course, Russia, and I am so glad that we have good relations with Russia because Russia right now is the country benefiting from this failed attempt to socialize energy. The European Union failed. And right now, they are clinging on to a thread of life. They are trying everything. And they know that we have our personal circles, And our artificial intelligence. I mean, we're part of the AI network. Every time you search, every time you speak, every time you watch a video, you are another persona. That is your AI persona. And they know that through the media, they can skew your ability to discern. They can tell you how to think, but If you actually do your homework, it'll make sense. Russia was never the enemy. If they were the enemy and they were meddling, then why did they strike so many deals? Iran, from where Peter Strzok's father went and dropped the only Iranian government that was actually democratic and put up this one, it was all part of the plan. Because the Saudi arabians like their 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 digs, they don't want to move they're a kingdom. they own everything if they want to because they have the money to do it, and the thing is, nobody can own them If you have any ounce of anything on them to supposedly own them, they will eradicate you. They don't mess about from the beginning of time of their existence. So again, this was never, ever about Russia or China. I mean, China, can you blame them trying to hack systems? I can't blame them. They're trying to centralize energy. China has so many nuclear power plants that if they were in an earthquake prone zone, they'd be super gone because they don't want to be dependent. They had a whole debacle back in 2003 that probably none of you heard about with Aviva and selling energy packets between each other, you know, a French company. It was a whole mess. And at that point, they decided, I don't want to be owned by anyone. I want to have the ability to drive my own economy. I'm not going to let the French tell me what I can have and can't have. I've got billions of people to look after. We are so lucky... We have this president. It is very unfortunate that people don't take the time to see the Wizard of Oz, you know, like pull back the curtain and say, all right, what's going on? I mean, come on, guys. Turkey, right? Not part of the European Union. Definitely not part of the Arab nation. So where do they end up? They're no one. They're the kid that nobody wants to play with. But yet Turkey keeps taking our people, arresting them, and throwing in jail. Okay? That's what they're doing. They have our NASA scientists. They've got tons of people. Tons. Now, you know, you can... If you're like me, you're kind of like, yeah, okay, they're they're a NASA scientist. They're okay. They're a priest. You know, which they could be. But they're nabbing them and holding... They're their, their trying... They're desperate. Okay? Because if the U.S. keeps pressing them to you know, join in the concerted effort to sanction Iran, then Turkey is at the mercy of Russia. And unfortunately for the rest of the world, Russia has, um, believe it or not, morals. I mean, come on. You know, they stabbed Hitler in the back. They're a Christian nation. But the one thing Russia does is look after Russia Because it's always Russia first. Remember, just, you know, 30 years ago, they were destroyed. They were in a communist, you know, bubble. They lived on their own. They didn't care about anyone. It was just Russia, and we're minding our own business. And, you know, obviously, a world that wants to move into a centralized order doesn't like that. So they broke their walls and did whatever. You know, it could have been communism, it could have not been communism. We don't know. I mean, I wasn't there. Some people might say it was like that. Some people might say it wasn't. Nobody knows. (coughs) Pardon. But one thing we do know is that right now the ball is in their court and everyone is dependent on Russia. Russia could do whatever they want, Russia can single handedly destroy the European Union if they want to. Why do you think Merkel was so stressed out? We need a European army that you can't even feed your own people and you want to raise an army. Maybe you'll raise an army with all these immigrants you have. I don't know. What are you going to do? So they can't sanction Iran because then the only oil they're getting and gas they're getting is from Russia. You know, I'll, I'll throw something in here that people don't understand. You know, the Ukraine is one of the most richest areas on the European continent rich in natural gas. And they joined the European Union, even though Russia said, you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. They were just like, yeah, we want to do. Actually, it was those people, you know, that we send, you know, that the deep state sends. And this is a global deep state. You know, Goldman Sachs executives. How many of you have heard, hey, a Goldman Sachs executive went to Italy to talk about like, why are they there? It's not like, you know, my bank, USAA goes to a country and advises them. Goldman Sachs. IMF, you know, these are all banks advising countries of how they should run their economy when those banks pretty much rule and run, are run, by the same people. The bottom line is the Ukraine got suckered. Greece is hurting right now because they owe, let's pretend, 1 billion euros, right? Well, the Ukraine has a debt of over 7 billion euros, okay? Seven times the debt of Greece, yet the Ukraine is not in the position Greece is economically. Can anyone explain it? Yep, I can explain it. They're now owned by the EU. The EU now owns all of their natural resources. It's theirs. It's not Ukrainian anymore, The Ukrainians have nothing. The Ukrainian government that was elected, and I'm doing air quotes again, got loans from the EU to build itself up that the people never saw, right? And then they're giving all of their natural gas to the EU that then goes on and resells it. And they don't have anything. They don't own anything. Kind of like Greece, you know, they're auctioning off their ports that were state owned airports, ship ports, you name it. They're something soon. They're going to sell the Acropolis to the highest bidder because they don't own it anymore. The EU does, you know, that bunch of those bunch of people that were never elected by anyone that make rules without any votes. Are the ones that dictate what happens. So be grateful that we have President Trump. Be grateful and listen to the words he said. He said. I put America first. If it is not in my country's interest. I'm not doing it. He's making it as simple as possible. For everyone to understand. At the moment. Saudi Arabia is codependent on us. For their survival financially and ours. And we are trying to expand that network. I mean, look at the countries that we're visiting and talking to India say anything. Now we sanction Pakistan. Who has a rife with Pakistan, India. This is where your eyes need to be open and you need to trust that the best is happening for you because It was always the case, I was told from a young age, that if you see everyone running in one direction, they say, run with them, right? But no, I was never that person. I'd stand there and see what it is I should be running from because the majority of the time people just run with something because everybody else is doing it. And when I see one person being attacked, like by everyone, then I am almost 100% sure that they are doing the right thing. There is no way a person that has offered and done so much for our country in so little time that is being attacked relentlessly daily is doing something wrong. So when President Trump says, I am doing this for America first. I put my country first. And right now it is in our interest to have great economic relations with Saudi Arabia. And you better believe it is. And Russia are our ally, believe it or not. No matter what the mainstream media tells you, because they know in the future at some point, if they continue on this path, Russia will be no more. Just like the countries are now changing. The map is changing And it's about time we pay attention to that. Well, that's it for me today. See you guys tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great day.